out and looking at the people that you know and trust the most, whether it's friends and family. For me, it was the guys and the gals I served with in the military. These are all people that we identified as like, let's say, tier one people that we want to talk to, that we want to share information with. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by Ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams. And today we're joined with John Rubino, who is the COO, the founder, and a co-managing partner with JID Investments. Tell us what does JID stand for, by the way, John? Hey, Adam. Good to talk to you. Uh, excited to be here with you and your listeners today. Uh, JID is interesting. So we had uh, some uh, some partners that were part of the company when we first started. We had a John, myself. Uh, we had an Ian, and we had two Davids. So my wife, who's the smart one in the family, came up with that acronym, and I thought it took real well. So we decided to call the company JID Investments after our uh, initial partners and investors in the company. I thought it was pretty catchy. Nice. So, so on your bio, you share JIDI. Do you often call it JIDI or is it usually JID Investments? We usually call it JIDI for sure, just for JID and then investments. It's just easier. Um, and uh, you know, when you're writing emails, as you know, and you're, you're communicating with folks after you kind of get out the name of the company, it's easier to share it with an acronym there. Perfect. All right. So for the listeners, John is from... Fairfax County, Virginia, and his company, JID Investments, does syndication on mixed use and probably other commercial real estate. We'll get into that a little bit as well. But what's interesting is he's raised about $21 million. And not everybody's raised $20 million. And I asked him in the pre-interview, what is your superpower? What do you do You know, really, really well? And he was talking about how Perfect. All right. So we have a good episode right here. We're going to be diving into the steps that it really takes to be better at networking and be able to get to this same success level as John's been able to get to. So John, what are the steps that you've taken to be as good at networking as as you are today? Sure. Uh, I think first off is to sit down, uh, roll up your sleeves and and write down what your goals are for what you want to do. And if it's to start a business or to, to be part of a group or, or learn a new hobby and, and you want to do that, you want to sit down and you want to lay that plan out. What, what does that all entail? What is your business plan? How do you communicate? How do you educate your audience? I always tell people when you communicate or when you network, you have to be able to educate, communicate, and inform, and then obviously follow up. So you have to be able to explain what you do and what you're trying to do and what your goals are for networking. That's first the first step to me in, in my mind. The second is really going out and looking at the people that you know and trust the most, whether it's friends and family. For me, it was the guys and the gals I served with in the military. Uh, my business partner owns an accounting firm and he has a ton of clients. These are all people that we identified as like, let's say, tier one people that we want to talk to, that we want to share information with, that we want to network with to share our, our goals from step one. Step three, I would say of this would be uh, looking at your local area network. Who in your local area are the go-to people? Who are the go-to industries, the, 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 the best of the best in those industries that you can reach out to, that you can call up, that you can talk to um, using social media? 
Uh, LinkedIn is a great tool. I love LinkedIn because you can reach out and you can connect with someone that's of like-minded of you and, and say, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee and little, learn a little bit more about what you do? So I think that's very important. And then obviously being active in the community and going out to meetings, going out to networking groups. For me, real estate is my focus. So I go to real estate investment groups, Adam. I go and talk to people in that industry and I grow a great relationship with them. I really do. I, I would tell you that uh, of all the people that I network with, I, I'd say over 50% of the people I don't really do maybe direct business with, but we're just good friends. We look out for each other. And at the end of the day, they may not be able to help me directly from what they do, Adam, but they can connect me to people that can help me. And I do the same thing. I will go out and bend over backwards to help people and, and connect them with people within my network that I think would be helpful. So those would probably be the big ones. And I'm happy to can kind of share more on that if you'd like. Yeah. So when you start a conversation with somebody at one of these networking events, the, there's 50% that you might be doing business with and about 50% that you might only be connecting them with somebody or they'll connect you with somebody. Um, what, how do you start that conversation with them? Sure. So you have to be, you have to be sociable. You can't be afraid to go up to say, to say hi to someone if you make eye contact with them or, or you just go up to them and introduce yourself. I think the focus for me is I want to learn about them first. I don't want to just kind of come in and say, Hey, I'm John Rubino. I own a real estate investment company. I syndicate, blah, 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 blah. I, I lose them. I want to go up to them and I want them to understand that I really want to know more about them. I want to know about their business. Um, I know you're going to get to it, but I'm going to cheat a little early here. My favorite book is Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. And if you read that book, it really hits on the importance of paying attention and learning about people and showing a genuine desire of understanding who they are and what they're doing and how best you can connect with them. And if you can do that in a genuine way, and look at those people as, as valuable resources, as people that you want to be friends with. They're people that you want to go to a baseball game with. I think that's huge. And then, of course, you want to have your elevator pitch or you want to be able to explain to them what you do when the conversation gets back to you. Because eventually, after they talk about themselves, they're going to turn around and say, hey, I want to learn about Adam or I want to learn about John. What do you guys do? And so at that point, you want to be able to come in and be able to explain you know, very succinctly, but also very intelligently about what you do and how you do it and how there could be a potential connection. I want to hear your elevator pitch. So, but first I want to just kind of sum up some of what we've heard so far. Um, I love the part where you, you talked about it's necessary before you ever start to get out there that you need to really sit down and understand what your business plan is. I loved the, that, educate, communicate, and inform was your real goal. Those are the three things that you have to do when you're speaking with people. And in, in addition to that, just the way that you share that basically we have two ears, one mouth, we use it accordingly. It's something that people can learn in the book, how to win friends and influence people. You always want to know more about them first. You're using eye contact, you're being sociable, uh, you're having a smile on your face. But what's most important is you're asking them first. And then it's going to come back to you uh, because it's the law of reciprocity. Everything, when you spend time with them, typically they're going to start asking about you. And so when that comes to you, John, what is your elevator pitch? Yeah. One quick thing I want to say before I jump into that is you, you hit it right on the head. Um, you know, we have people that we work with or we talk to or we network with that have their eyes and ears and other things in the world. And so one of the things I learned when I was in the military is 
you know, if you're going to talk to a, a four-star admiral or a two-star admiral or whoever, you want to bring them into your world because they have so many different things going on. They may not be, you know, paying attention to you. So I think that that's a great point you brought out that you have to bring people into your world. You have to be able to uh, understand them and, and share with them so that they have interest. And then that's when you go in for the kill as far as telling them more and sharing with them. So my elevator pitch is pretty straightforward. I introduce myself. Good morning or good afternoon. My name is John Rubino. I'm the, I'm the owner and founder of JID Investments. JID Investments is a real estate investment company that raises capital for residential, commercial, and mixed-use real estate. We provide capital to sponsors and developers, and we raise that money from a pool of about a 130 investors in our business, along with our company, to bring that capital in for their projects, mainly on the equity and the private money side. We currently have uh, a 15 to 20% return on investment for our company for our larger projects. And we also look at different opportunities that range from multifamily um, renovation, multifamily uh, holds, opportunity zones, senior assistance, student housing. And our focus right now is Washington, D.C. and the East Coast, as well as the Mid-Atlantic and South Atlantic markets. If you have anything that you need to answer me, ask me about or questions that you have, you can reach out to me anytime. Okay, perfect. I love it. So it's pretty, pretty simple and direct. I'm, I'm the owner of, and then you state the company, and then you mention, then you state the company a second time. I like that because it helps it stick into their brains. It helps it stick into their minds, and they're going to be more likely to remember it anyway. So I'm the company of Blue Spruce. Blue Spruce is a company that, and then you state what you do. And in that what you, when you're stating what you do, one of my favorite things that you mentioned, John, is you basically talked about how you help um, operators and how you help investors. Mm -hmm. And so you are really there to help connect them. And almost anybody that you're meeting is going to want to learn more. So some, somebody who's passive or wants to be passive or wants to be able to get their money, having those returns that you mentioned, they might say, oh, tell me more about how you can connect me with these operators. And the same thing, the operators might be able to say, hey, tell me more about how you can connect me with these past investors. Absolutely. Um, very, very, very interesting. I like that elevator pitch. Are, are there any other tips that you can share with us on being able to to really truly network. One of the things that you said was what you do on social media. Um, maybe we can go there and understand a little bit about how you're reaching out to people on social media besides just saying it looks like you're doing uh, something similar to what I'm doing. Let's get coffee. Um, is, there, is there more to it or, or is it just that simple? Well, you know, going back to your initial point, I, one other thing I would just share is that when you when you get ready to market or when you talk to someone about what you do or your business, um, again, you want to excite them. And how do you excite them? You come to the table knowing where you add value to them. And so you hit the nail on the head with me is I, I have two kind of pools of people. I have my sponsors and developers that I go out to and I work with and I fund their projects and we we work together to see opportunities. And then I have my investors, like you said. So I, I want to be able to bring value to both of those because if I do that, I can bring both parties together and then we have success. So I, I try to bring that value to the developers and show them what we do. We, we try to give them something we know they need. And we also want them to know that we're a good fit for them. And on the other side with the investors, we want to show them everything we do, get them comfortable with our process explain to them everything, see me across the table, come out to a project, learn about us, 
And then if they want to become an investor, they can become an investor. And the nice part about us is you don't invest any money with us by becoming an investor. It just allows us to share these wonderful projects with these partners that we work with on the development and the sponsor side. As far as social media is concerned, you know, I have the the 50% of staying home, or let's say call that half the effort of, of being home and working out of the house with uh, the computer. And the other half is I want to be out talking to people. I want to be out at meetings and rolling up my sleeves and, and, and introducing myself to them. Um, social media is huge. I, I think you would agree, Adam. Um, LinkedIn, I'll go on there and uh, I'll refresh my connections that I have and I'll, I'll look through the people that I haven't talked to in a while, uh, I, haven't, um, I haven't reached out to and that are in my area of influence or, or people that I really want to connect with through the industry. Um, I, I use that also as a medium to post uh, information on my projects. Uh, on information in real estate, because you want to be not only, hey, this is what I do with my business, but hey, here's what's going on with the market. Here's what we've seen over the last weeks due to the coronavirus or whatever's going on. You want to educate people to let them know that you're the subject matter expert. And to do that on social media as a tool right now is amazing. So I do that quite a bit. I have a CRM of about a thousand contacts that I go out to on a quarterly basis. I, I use YouTube, a YouTube channel. So I really like to maximize my use of social media by getting the word out, sharing updates on projects, quarterly newsletters, um, going out to a project site and taking pictures and posting those on social media, and also connecting with people um, through emails or keeping people uh, abreast of what we have going on. I, I love using it, and um, you know it's great. You could spend 24 hours a day on, on the computer, but you got to get out there too, so there's got to be a balance. So I also look for events that I can go to uh, to meet people and, again, that target that group of individuals and businesses I'm trying to uh, attract. All right, John, this is this is good. I mean, we could dive into any one of these things. You're talking about being a market expert, be, um, you know, talking about current affairs, making sure that you are the subject matter expert and you do that by making posts. You do that by going into the comments of other people that are making posts so that you can add value to them. You do that by sharing your YouTube channel. You do that by sharing quarterly newsletters. Um, all good stuff, all good stuff. And I think we could have, you know, a separate uh, podcast interview on any one of those topics because, um, because these are the things that really drive people to you. So you've been able to see that what you're doing on LinkedIn or Facebook by sharing these things has been starting to bring people towards you. Uh, what's the main way that when you're putting, you know, market data or current affairs, talking about the virus, um, talking about, you know, the subject matter on, on uh, multifamily or self-storage unit or uh, mixed use. What happens next in general? Or do people just comment below? Do people get you in the DMs? And if so, what's really the next step? How are you converting them into passive investors? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I do track uh, who comments. I do track who goes to the website and checks out the blog page. Um, I do try to have people subscribe on the YouTube channel. I, I encourage people to go to the, the website and fill out our uh, contact page. Um, so there, there's different ways I track that, but I, I want it to get better. So there's got to be definitely ways that uh, as we scale our company, we're able to track that a little bit better. Right now, we're just using a lot of the public uh, public ways of doing it through social media. And um, I'm looking into doing that now. We're getting ready to revamp our website and it's gonna have a little bit more of call to action. 
and, and capturing people when they come on so we can look at the analytics and try to track individuals. But we're also very much uh, open to having people fill out uh, an accredited investor questionnaire right online or to fill out our contact form on our website. Um, so that's kind of more of me trying to, to capitalize or to convert those, those folks that are following me. Um, and then I would say also that um, as I get better at it through doing things like LinkedIn and, and I see people, I, I probably get about 10 to 12 LinkedIn Connect requests a day, which is wonderful. I, I like that. I, I use the hashtags quite a bit uh, for markets. I'm trying to to uh, penetrate like hashtag syndication, hashtag opportunity zone. When I post my comments on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter, I try to put some videos on YouTube every once in a while and I track that as best as I can. But yeah, I, I, I probably say a room of improvement for me would be um, working with individuals and businesses that can help us do that better. But right now I'm keeping pretty busy, Adam. I, I uh, have a, a really good group of people that uh, that contact me and call me out of the blue and, and I answer the phone, which is good. <laughs> and, um, and I explain the business to them and um, it's great. And, and when you start doing right by your referral base and you start doing good by your networks and you start helping them as well as your investors and your sponsor partners, I, I really it's not as necessary for me to go out and pull more people in. It's because people are now coming to me. I'm attracting people because of my reputation, my track record, my um, proof of concept in the business. And people see that from others that are talking to them that I work with. So word of mouth, mouth and just, you know, doing it organically has been amazing. It really has. John, thank you for going into so much detail on really how to pull those passive investors into your world, that's going to be incredibly valuable to any of us. We're going to take a really quick break and we'll be right back with my favorite part of the show, the final five. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Ecospace Real Estate. Ecospace is a Denver, Colorado-based real estate company with a national reach. They provide a unique offering called Flip Your Home, where they utilize their own internal fix and flip crews to flip their clients' homes prior to listings. Their brokerage clients gain on average 23000 of instant equity, which is then taken 100% tax-free. If you'd like to learn more about gaining additional tax-free equity in your home prior to listing, then please visit ecospace.com. John Rubino, what's the most creative deal you've ever done? Yes, uh, most creative deal I ever done was a, a wonderful project in Washington, D.C., a developer and a sponsor that's my mentor. And uh, he was one of the reasons why I was so excited to start my company. He purchased two row houses in Washington, D.C., and uh, basically tore those down to build a 20-unit, five-story, multifamily uh, residential property of 20 condominiums with 10 underground parking. Our company raised $750,000 of equity on that project. That was the the largest uh, raise to date for us back in 2015. And uh, over the timeline, we were able to realize a fantastic return for investors. We made over a close to 90% of a project return on investment over a 36-month period. So if you do the math on that, that's about 30% a year on our money. And uh, our investors walked away with about 18 to 20% return on investment for that project. Well, we had some delays with weather and you always deal with permitting issues here in Washington, just like as you do in any other market. But the, the way that that was put together 
the way that that finished, and the fact that we really um, took a took a step to another level after that deal with our investors and with the businesses we work with, just to show that uh, we were we were so successful. Um, so it was a great project. Uh, it was right in our sweet spot. The developer and the sponsor uh, utilized the capital and was much necessary for us to come in, and we partnered well. And it was just a great project, and I learned a lot from it, Adam. I was able to structure. Uh, put joint structures together, learn about the private placement memorandum process. So it was not only a, a win for uh, monetarily, but it was a win for learning the business and the lessons of what I needed to learn at that stage of the company's history. Really glad you shared that. And earlier on in the show, you did mention a book and the book is perfect for today's podcast, um, which was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, great book. I highly suggest it, especially if you're working to become a better networker or in general, just to be a better business person because th this is the way that you're going to be able to grow those relationships. It's a very, very good book. John, do you have another book that you would like to share, just a, a generalized book that, that has helped you in your business? You read my mind, Adam. I was going to cheat and ask if I can throw in another one. So thank you for doing that. Um, my, my favorites are the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. Uh, they're just wonderful books. I was actually playing the cash flow game with my son, who's 14, the other day. And uh, he came home and said, Dad, I learned some stuff in civics class about making money and, and, and paying bills. And I said, you know what, son, let's sit down and break this game out. And Adam, we were playing that game for three and a half hours. And I had a 14 year old boy uh, who, you know, doesn't have a very large attention span and he just loved it. So I highly recommend Robert Kiyosaki uh, and those books as well as the games, because they are just so wonderful and they teach you so much about, uh, about life and, and how to really be successful. I know we talked a little bit about where you were five years ago, closing that deal, raising $750,000 with your creative deal. Um, tell us, where will you be five years from today? That's a great question. I love what I'm doing now, and I want to keep doing what I'm doing now. Uh, syndicating, bringing deals to the table for investors, connecting the investors and the developers. And I want to grow that. I want to scale it out. I'd, I'd like to see you know, maybe 40 or 60 or 80 million in the next five years as far as investments and done in a very conservative and, and well-controlled way. Uh, I think that would be my goal, growing from 130 investors to maybe 500 investors in five years would be great. And just scaling the business and, and taking what we've brought to date as far as success um, to, to as many people as we can that want to be part of this great ride. John, how do you give back? Wow, that's a great question. Um, I'm a man of faith. Uh, I believe that um, my blessings are all about what the good Lord's given to me. So I try my best to to be an active member of my church. Uh, I, I love to be an active member in, in kids sports for my children. I have four kids, so I like to coach. But I would say charity work, uh, spending time at the church, and really just, you know, taking time to spend with the family and, and giving what we have to our community is is kind of, you know, top of my list. And how does the listener find you and get a hold of you? Absolutely. I'd say the easiest way is to go on to LinkedIn and look up John Rubino for JID Investments. That would be the easiest. But if you want to go to our website, you can go to our website at www.jidinvestments.com and you'll have my contact information on there as well. 
And so if you ever want to get in touch with me, best way to do that would be those means. And I'm happy to jump on a call with you, talk to you about real estate and what we're doing. If you have questions and if you're in the local area, I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee. So that link is in the show notes. All you have to do is scroll down and you can get to jidinvestments.com. John, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate having you. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, my friend, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go, but until next time, think outside the box.